This is Soccer Pilgrim, the podcast dedicated to soccer and travel, where each stadium is shrine and its fans delay people. For the traveler, it is another culture to explore. Welcome to the Soccer Pilgrim podcast with Jason Kim. Okay, three, two, one. Hey everyone, welcome back to Soccer Pilgrim. I'm your host, Jason Jisoo Kim. And today's episode in this season of Manchester United, I am talking to a very talented New Yorker, photographer, someone who I met through the Derby cast a long time ago. I mean, it's only been a year. And and this brother's name is Sebastian Ramirez. What's up? Or Seba. What's up, man? Not much, man. Thank you for having me. Thanks for coming on. I appreciate it. I know we've been talking a bit uh, about Manchester United. Every time I put something on my story about Manchester United, you're like, yeah, I know. They're shit right now <laughs> or something. Yeah, man. I think I think they're a hot topic right now unfortunately for for the bad reasons yeah <laughs> but uh there's always a media frenzy surrounding anything they do yeah 100 so what do you think what went wrong with uh united like i mean it seemed like when they got rid of Oli, everyone's kind of excited like okay new stuff we're gonna start winning but it's not really been happening so what do you think happened man to be honest i think i'm not sure who's the people that are making these calls but i think too much money is being thrown at the problems and mm. not enough time because we're already, I think, almost near a decade to when Fergie left. Oh, my God. Yeah. And uh, yeah, ever since then, it's just been like all over the place trying to seal problems the wrong way. Mm. And uh, I mean, if you look at our roster, you know, you would never ex- expect a team with that amount of players to have these kind of situations. And, uh, you know, everybody keeps blaming the managers, mm. but, you know, I think it's probably more within the players. Oh yeah. Okay. I, I, I feel like that's what's happening now. Like people are like, um, sort of debating. It's like, is it, is it management or is it players? You know, Ronaldo kind of made it sound like it's both in a weird way. You know, that interviewer is like, uh, the players are kind of spoiled now. They can't take criticism, but at the same time, you could tell he doesn't vibe with, uh, with Ragnick. So like, what do you think it is? Like, you you seem to say it's more towards players, right? Yeah, I mean, in my opinion, I think it's the it's players. I mean, we've we've gone through a handful of of coaches. I don't think at any one point that they signed these coaches were people like that against them. Mm-hmm. People always just turned against them. Yeah. At the end, you know, but I feel like at most of the of signings of the managers, people were pretty hype. Yeah, but then you know, poor results start coming in, and then people start quickly changing their face. And uh, I think I, you know, I'm pretty much in agreement with with what Ronaldo said. Yeah, I think a lot of players collect way too much money on very little performance, mm. and I think that's just across the board in in sports nowadays. Yeah, um, I think we see it in in soccer all the time, where it's like people get signed for these ridiculous sums of money because of good performances. And then they make that switch and they just ghost and they disappear. True. They're just happily collecting money every week, every month, yearly for not being the players that, that they were supposed to to be. Yeah. Like, okay. I remember this, um, there's an interview I saw it on Instagram. I think it was ESPN FC. They were talking to song Alexander song. They remember that, um, yeah, African player, Arsenal. Yeah, 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 and Arsenal. And then he went to Barcelona. I remember they interviewed him. They asked him like, you know, what was what was it like being at Barcelona? And he he said something like, "I didn't care if I didn't play. I I knew I was gonna get rich just by coming here. He's like, I could sit on the bench. I don't care. I'm getting rich." And I'm like, 
Oh shit. <laughs> yeah, I, re- I remember that interview too. Yeah. Yeah, yeah man. I, I wouldn't be surprised if some people have that the attitude too. I mean, I feel like for him, he was probably like maybe not in the later stages of his career, but he was a little bit older. Yeah. But compared to the roster that United has right now, I feel like there's too many young guys to actually have that kind of attitude. Yeah, that's it. It's like, I mean, when I think about Marcus Rashford, people people kind of talk to him as if he's been there for 10 years, but I'm like, the guy's only 23. He's a young guy, yeah. Yeah, you know? Yeah. And like, um, I remember when he first came on the scene, everyone's like, okay, this kid's a future. He's amazing. And then all the activist work he does off the pitch is like amazing. But and then you got to ask, it's like, but was he really a good player to begin with, you know? Yeah. Yeah, I think, I think there's a lot of variables and there's a lot of mm-hmm. things that we probably have no clue that they go through. Yeah. But at the end of the day, I think that the media also has a large part with the amount of pressure they put on, you know, Rashford, yeah. for example, right? He came onto the scene during one of United's probably most most turbulent uh, seasons and uh, he started performing super good. So people were quick to give him these titles as the the next guy, you know, yeah. going to bring the team to the top. But do you also think sometimes that maybe Ronaldo disrupts that uh, that harmony in the Manchester United dressing room? Like, did they really need him? You know what I mean? Um, so, I mean, Ronaldo, to me, I'm, I'm a super Ronaldo fan. Uh. <laughs> I I started becoming a United fan when he joined. Oh, wow. Okay. I was, I was entering high school during that time. And, you know, I've played soccer my whole life. Mm-hmm. But I've always played more than I've watched. Yeah. But around high school is when I started paying a bit more attention. Yeah. Know, Ronaldo started coming onto the scene. His move to United was freaking yeah, super unexpected for me. You know, I never would have seen him coming back to United, especially mm. at the age and the way that United was forming with a lot of youngsters. So to me, I, I honestly, I don't think they needed him. Yeah. I think it was a desperation move by the upper management or whoever makes those decisions. Mm-hmm. You know, I think, I think a lot of those people take too much attention to sales and, and the money aspect, yeah. and they rather sign players that they know are going to sell jerseys and bring in income versus actually have the right chemistry with everybody else that's already on the squad. Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, I, I think Ronaldo has done great during his time back at United. And if you look at his stats, I think they're still better than a lot of the other guys. Oh, yeah. I mean, he's still scoring goals. Yeah, exactly. Which the other guys aren't. Mm. You know, so what do you... I mean, there's no other really way to defend that. Yeah. But I do not think they needed him. I think at the end of the day, I think he obviously is. He is taking minutes away from the younger players, but... Like he said in, in that interview, I think it's up to them to step up. If he is offering advice or or ideas, they need to, you know, use these resources that are around them. Yeah. And uh whether what he said is true or not, I mean, I wouldn't I wouldn't be surprised if there are players that are like that, that are that, you know, mm. selfish or arrogant and they think that they don't need to listen to anybody. You know, that that wouldn't be too much of a, of a surprise for me. Yeah. Like uh because I like Ronaldo. I mean, I'm, I've watched... That's one of the main reasons why I started watching Madrid. I was like, what? They bought Ronaldo and Kaká in the same season? I'm like, bro, this is... You got to start watching that team, right? Yeah. yeah. But, uh, but okay, let's let's go back. So you said you started watching uh, Manchester United because of Ronaldo, right? So that's like 2000, 2008? No, that's before, way before that. Uh, 2000, 
2003 what year was yeah it? i say like 2003 2004 yeah um i mean i had obviously already always heard of united you know i was a david beckham fan and things mm. like that but you know I, i'm not gonna tell you i watched games every weekend you know I, right, right, right. I was a kid i was out playing games every weekend yeah that's fair high school is when you know i started trying to make a little bit more time to catch highlights and or whatnot and just see what he's doing you know he was bringing new things to the to the game so he definitely caught my attention and the premier league has always been one of my favorites so it just all all synced in for me so what was it about manchester united besides them just being a dominant team like what was it about them that attracted you so much to that club because like everyone's kind of got a different reason besides that they were just the best team but like what was it about them like their style of play uh what they were about even the colors like what was it about uh United. Honestly, I think it was just a lot of the, the players that they had at the moment. Mm. Um, you know, at the time they were extremely successful and always making noise. And you know, I don't. I'm I'm Colombian. I have no mm. uh, connection to anything from England. Yeah. Um. You know, my my dad's favorite team is Barcelona. Makes sense. So, I mean, it never. I'm not gonna say that. You know, there's some deep connection between me and Manchester United. It was just the team of that era, you know, I turned yeah. on the TV and they were the team of the era and Ronaldo was that guy. And I was like, all right, I'm going to keep watching these guys. And, and you know, I, I liked all the players on the team. You know, I, I was a big fan of Tevez, you know, I, mm. I remember Saha, you know, gigs, goals. Yeah. That was a legendary well, team. Yeah. They had a big cast of players, you know? So it just, we just took it from there. That's cool. Okay, so that's interesting. So you said your dad was a Barcelona fan. So why didn't you become a Barcelona fan? You just want to do your own thing or what was it? Um, yeah, I've never really liked Barcelona Barcelona like that. And mm. uh, I've always been a much heavier Ronaldo fan than Messi. Okay. And, uh, and I also think that the Premier League games were more accessible than La Liga games. Oh, that's true, isn't you it? Know, yeah. You know, my dad, he, I'm not sure how he watched the games or whatever, what he did. But, you know, it, I always remember more Premier League games being on the TV than La Liga. Yeah, that's very true. But yeah, like, I like the point that you made about uh, accessibility because when I was growing up, most of the games that were available on TV was either Premier League, uh, Champions League, and maybe City A because City A was like, the Italian League was like, you know, up there, right, at the time. Yeah. And I, I remember all those days, but I always remembered that I could always watch a Premier League game. So... But like, how did your dad become Barcelona fan? Was it because did your dad come from Colombia and he was just always watching it there, or like, you know, within the Spanish community in uh, in um, New York? I, honestly, I've I've never really asked him to to be honest, man. I know mm -hmm. he has. We have our own club in in Colombia. Yeah. And uh, which club is that? It's they're Deportivo Pereira. They they play in Division Two. They they're always like a relegation team. They go oh. from <laughs> from D two to D one, then back to D two. Oh so man, okay. So they're one of those teams that are always in the relegation battles. <laughs> okay. Uh, but uh, yeah, I've never I never really asked him why why he liked Barcelona. I do know that you know I feel like Messi had a big influence on him too. You know, mm. he, he is a, a big Messi fan. You know, and. Uh, yeah, maybe I'll ask him that question tomorrow <laughs> when I see him. But uh, I've never really known why he picked that team. But, uh, you know, and then when I have to, if I had to pick between Barcelona and Real Madrid, I'd probably pick Real Madrid. Yeah. Ronaldo was there as well. And also, how do you feel about James Rodriguez? Uh, 
I think Hamas is a good example of what we were just talking about. You know, I think mm. he had a spectacular, what, three to four years. He he lost that rhythm to, you know, work hard. You know, he got, I think he got a little lazy. The money got to him, the fame. Yeah. And then he just became, like we said, one of those players that were happy to ride the bench, you know? Yeah, I mean, look, at, look at what he did with Everton, you know, a club that, you know, Ancelotti were opted to bring him you know, give him a chance. And he didn't even like really take full advantage. I think he had an interview where they asked him like, oh, like you know, about the next match. And he had no clue, like mm. the team was even playing. Oh my God. You could tell that his mind was just not there. He was just like there to collect funds. And now he's playing in Qatar. Yeah. It's so, I always, I never liked that move. I always thought, yo, if you're going to just cash out already at this early on, Go to MLS, at least go, you know what I mean? At least I want, like, for me, it's a selfish yeah. reason. I was like, I want to see you in MLS. I want to be able yeah. to see you play, you know? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I feel like he had a, a great short career. <laughs> but now, man, I don't even know what to think of him. And the Colombian team, we're like, we're doing so shaky that they're even deciding to call him back because they don't, they're all out of moves as well. Yeah, it's so true. I mean, I can't really think of any Colombian stars coming out, right? It's like all the big names are kind of aging out. Yeah, I mean, there's a couple in Serie A, but I wouldn't say that they're like superstars. They're probably like mid, a lot of mid-tier players. Mm. Is a uh, what's the name? Zapata? Zapata? Is he is he Colombian? At the, yeah, Atalanta. Yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, he's highly rated. Like, I don't watch a lot of City I games, but I have friends who do watch it. They're like, yeah, this guy has been linked to like AC Milan or Juve or something like that. Yeah, I mean, right now, I mean, obviously, I follow them a, a lot more than maybe your, the usual person. Yeah. They have good players, but I feel like the players play better for their clubs than when they meet up with the national team. And the national oh. team right now is, like, struggling. Like, uh, I think it was a couple months ago when we were doing qualifiers. I think yeah. we played, like, four or five games. And in those four or five games, we scored zero goals. Oh, man. At, like, four ties and one loss. And like the ties were zero zero, so it was like, yeah, super boring to watch. It's kind of it's it's kind of crazy to think that this Colombian team was like one of the highly rated teams. Everyone's like, this team is is special, and now it's kind of falling apart really quick. It's kind of sad to see that. Yeah, yeah, that's Colombia's history, man. That's how we are. <laughs> they phase in and phase out, so it's it's not a surprise for me either. Okay, kind of going back to Manchester United, there's a point, there's something that you said that I found really interesting where you were like, I had no connection to Manchester United. I knew nothing about the city or the place, but just the club was like, you know, infectious, right? It was, it was uh, attractive. Yeah. Uh, so what have, have you, you've, you've never been to Manchester or have you been to Manchester? No, nah, no, unfortunately I've never been to England. Oh, uh, it's definitely on my bucket list. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, I often hear that they're, you know, Manchester, the city itself isn't too glamorous <laughs> or, or, or maybe that's what I've heard. Yeah. I mean, I, I would definitely make my way over there. I need to see the theater of dreams. I, I got to see the yeah, man. stadium, man, you know? Yeah, no, no I'm, I'm the same way. Like, um, I want to go watch a Liverpool game. I wanted to, uh, before the pandemic, I was making all these plans. It's like, I found tickets, I can I get it and all that, but it, I don't know, everything shut down, yeah. but I heard the same thing where I was talking to people who have been to Liverpool and to, and they were saying like, yeah, it's kind of a sketchy city. They're like, if you stay in like that downtown area is nice, but once you get out, it's a little sketch. And I was like, oh, okay, well that sounds like fun. So whatever. Well, one day I'll get there. 
<laughs> but yeah, likewise, man. I feel like at this point, um, I obviously I have my favorite teams, but I've learned to appreciate a lot of other clubs as well when they're playing well. And, you know, yeah. And, you know, I can't say that there's too many teams that I would like hate and I would never go. Yeah. See, you know, like, um, speaking of that, then how do you feel about Manchester City the way they're playing, uh, the last few years? Like, cause I mean, they're, they're, they're fucking good. <laughs> they're really yeah. Good. I mean, if, I mean, dude, they're undeniably good. They've, Pep Guardiola has, you know, he's changed the game. He's changed the way people across the world coach everything, mm -hmm. you name it. Um, so if Man City's playing a big team or if they're playing in the Champions League, I usually try to catch it, whether it's live or I record it. Yeah. You know, I always try to make, sh make sure to get, get it in. You know, good soccer is good soccer. At the end of the day, that's what it is, right? It's like, if it's a good match, it's a good match. Yeah. So, I mean, that's why I like the Premier League because it's, I feel like every game can almost be exciting. Oh my God. That's so true. Like, uh, did you watch the um, Chelsea versus Tottenham this past weekend? No, nah, no, nah, this weekend I didn't get to watch anything. I had a, a <laughs> lot of stuff going on. Fair enough. I, I watched it and I remember just thinking, uh, Tottenham's kind of garbage. Uh, they're not that good this season, but it's like a transition team right now. And I was watching Chelsea. I'm like, no, these boys are way too good. Like, I was so much fun just to watch Chelsea. I was like, yo, you, these yeah. guys are incredible. Yeah, yeah. But that's the thing. That's the thing about the Premier League. It's like, you know, it, it, it's undeniable how good it is. But then my question, maybe you feel this, maybe you feel the same way, but do we think that it's just easier for us to watch Premier League because it's an English country and we live in English countries? And it's like, there's that accessibility factor, you know? Man, honestly, I haven't been able to, I can't pinpoint it because, you know, we have this same conversation with, with several people. Mm. And uh, I know that when La Liga teams, you know, at least the top two or the top three play Premier League teams, La Liga teams in the last couple of years tend to be a little bit stronger. Yeah. But I don't know why it is that I can sit down and watch West Ham versus Leicester, but... I'm not going to sit down and watch Real Betis versus, I don't even know. <laughs> yeah. El, El, El Che or something. You know, I can't even yeah. think of a team like that. But, <laughs> or maybe it's just, maybe I'm just more familiar with Premier League rosters. Maybe, mm -hmm. maybe they're, since they kind of generate a bit more money and even the, the lower end teams have more notable players. Yeah. Maybe that's what draws my attention. Because in La Liga, if if it's not like the top four teams, I probably won't know most of the players in, in any of the other teams. Oh, that's a good point. Because like, it makes sense. Like the point you were saying that usually La Liga teams, I, I remember watching, I was at a bar once. Uh, I watched Liverpool play Chelsea. This is like two, three years ago or four years ago. And I remember watching the game. Incredible game. It was fun to watch. It was back and forth. It was like, you know, the the athleticism was incredible. Then the next game right after was Atletico Madrid versus Real Madrid. And I remember just watching it. And I remember thinking, it's the first time I saw back-to-back -back and I realized the styles are so different. And I realized Premier League is way more fun to watch because if you're, it's just athleticism. You're like, yo, these, these guys are doing crazy things like running up and down, nonstop in your face, hard tackles. And then La Liga, it's slower, but the technique is stupid good. Like just watching Luka Modric pass the ball, I'm like, yo, this guy's incredible. Yeah. Yeah. It, yeah. Maybe, maybe it could be that. Maybe 
maybe the Premier League has more of a an NBA thing to it where mm. it's, like, it's way more back and forth. And La Liga, you know, since they are, you know, where Tiki Taka comes from, maybe yeah. the teams there are a lot more concentrated on on patience and just waiting for the right opportunities versus, you know, just bringing it right down the field and and then chasing it back. Yeah, 100%. I think, I think that's what it is. Because, like, I mean, maybe the Real Madrid team now might say otherwise because, like, Vinicius Jr. and Benzema together is kind of stupid right now, like the way they're playing. Yeah, and Barcelona is just an utter failure. <laughs> the season, utter failure. But uh, it is interesting because, like, uh, I like the NBA comparison because what other basketball league would you want to watch besides NBA, right? And yeah, yeah. I mean, I think to me, I mean, I'm not a huge basketball fan, but Same. I think that's what that's what attracts me to basketball. Just that there's nonstop action. Yeah, I think. Yeah, that's true. But it's a. But I do like the point where you said that unlike La Liga, where in the Premier League you can watch any club go at it and it'll still be a fun game because like almost every team is almost at equal strengths you know what i mean like in one way or the other yeah yeah that's true that's that's what i like about it the most but um so who do you have for champions league this year hey dude i'm i'm rooting for real madrid i don't know if they're gonna, <laughs> if they're gonna be able to pull it off but you don't think so dude the, the champions league is just could be so unpredictable you know and then you never know who you're gonna end up facing but i mean they they're they're my pick. If if I don't go with them, I would probably like to see um I wouldn't mind seeing uh City or, or PSG take it. Mm. Like both of them have have been going at it trying to get to that trophy and sooner or yeah. later their their time is bound to come. It's oh man, I feel like it's I think it's PSG so- has been to like two finals in the past like 5 years or something like that. Yeah. I think City's been to a couple of semis. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I feel like the historical clubs always clutch it out in those moments. I I don't know what it is. Uh, like um, I'm blanking, but who's the current Champions League winner right now? Is it Bayern? Chelsea. 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 Uh, Bayern was the year before. Yeah, it's Chelsea, yeah. then Bayern. Uh, then before them was Liverpool. Yeah. No, no, no. It wasn't Liverpool. I think it was someone else. Um, I'm blanking out at that point. But... uh. But that's the thing. It's like, I think the this round, Real Madrid versus PSG is the big one. And I'm really looking forward to it. And because it's Messi and Ramos versus Madrid, which I'm like, I never thought this would ever happen. <laughs> yeah, right. And I, the, think, I think Ramos just got his first goal. I think he has almost as many goals as Messi now. Yeah. <laughs> uh, there is a, I just saw that Messi was in Barcelona having dinner with Xavi. And I'm like, oh man, this man wants to go back. <laughs> he's, he's not yeah. a little. <laughs> and didn't he just get a... Uh diagnosed with covid like two weeks ago at during new year's or some shit yeah he went to that party with his wife or something yeah. right yeah this guy <laughs> is visiting all over he he's not worried no oh man it's funny he's just enjoying life but um when do you think manchester united will get back to champions league like to be a, a winning champions league contender because i feel like the pieces the pieces are there you know what i mean it's oh man dude i feel like i feel like the yeah exactly like you said the, the pieces are there but to see them like actually put it together, I think they need to win the Premier League first to get that boost of confidence that's like, hey, like we can actually do something. Cause I mean, they won the they they won the Europa League and then I think they lost it. Yeah. Yeah. The following yeah. year. I mean, at least that's something, but I don't think that really like lets people really build on it. I think the Premier League winning that will give them that little boost of confidence, like, hey, like, we're back. Yeah. Now we can really compete with the the top guns 
Yeah, I feel the same way. I just I thought this summer they were gonna win something, and now I don't feel like they're gonna win anything because they brought Ronaldo. I'm like, okay, that's just amazing. And then they brought yeah. Va- they brought Varane from Madrid. I'm like, that's an incredible buy. Like, who you know? How, I don't know how they pull that off. Yeah. And now it's kind of like it, it doesn't mean shit. Like Pogba's not even playing. Oh yeah. Okay. Speaking of which, how do you feel about Pogba? Dude, Pogba, he reminds, he's starting to remind me of James Rodriguez, man. Oh, no. <laughs> a couple of years ago, this guy was like one of my favorite ballers in every aspect. His playing style, his personality, his fashion. Yeah. And now he just seems so complacent to ride the bench. Or if he's on the field, he's just so complacent to just not really do anything. Like he'll touch mm-hmm. the ball, he'll touch it right back or... He gets it from the right, he'll take it to the left. But he never really like seems to be that driving force that the team needs. Mm. So when you think of how he was in Juventus, you know, he was he was younger, but he was a lot hungrier. Yeah. So he was very key to that team. And at that age, that was extremely impressive. You know, he was playing alongside a lot of veterans like Devez and Pirlo. And here he was, you know, as the young guy in his early 20s really showing up yeah that's i mean that's a good point then it goes back to is it the problem with the coach and the formation and the style or is it him just be like i want to bounce i want to get out of here i want to go to madrid or whatever i think it's at this point it's him man because he's already been through what at least three managers Hmm. okay right i think he went through Mourinho. he went through ole and maybe there was maybe i'm missing another somebody else no i think I think that's everyone. Yeah. But I mean, his, to me, his salary is just ridiculous, you know? So that's why I feel like he's okay with riding the bench. Yeah. How to be one of the most highest paid people on the team and the league. Like Mm. he has no issue just collecting payments. I feel like they need to Manchester United doesn't need to start moneyballing their play the the system. You know what I mean? Like stop buying like these incredibly high. Cause look at, look at, um, Jaden Sancho, man. Fucking superstar Borussia, he comes back to England, right? Where it's supposed to be, you know, his country and all that. Yeah. And, you know, given obviously he hasn't had maybe too many opportunities because of Ronaldo's presence and all that. But even when he steps on the field, he's just like a shadow of the guy that we thought we knew. Yeah. But maybe, maybe it's switching from the, from the Bundesliga to the Premier League. A lot of people shine in the Bundesliga and then when they go elsewhere, they kind of can't replicate their performances. It's kind of what happened to Christian Pulisic, right? I mean, he's still pretty good at Chelsea, but it it doesn't seem like the same when he was at Dortmund. You know what I mean? Like yeah. at Dortmund, it felt like he was the man and at Chelsea, he's like, you know, he's, he's good, but he's there, but that's about yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah, I think, I mean, I think Pulisic has a lot more pressure on him. Mm. Aiden Sancho being such a high profile American player. Yeah, oh, that's fair. And then he, I think he plays, well, he was meant to play a much bigger role in, in the Chelsea team than Jaden Sancho's for United. Yeah. I feel like Pulisic was kind of, you know, he's given the number 10, supposed to be that that playmaker, that mm. guy to, rep, to replace Hazard versus Sancho. You know, he's kind of coming off the wing, which, you know, it's obviously still an important position, but it's not like, he's not, he wasn't going to be the main guy. Yeah. You know, he was never going to come and be the main guy. But then it goes back to like, uh, did Ronaldo screw all that up? Cause like now I'm thinking about it. Like if you had Cavani, it was, you know, still pretty good for his age. Yeah. 
Yeah. You, get, you, you imagine you start Cavani and then on the wing, it could be Jane and Sancho, Greenwood or Rashford. I feel like there could, or those three starting on the other uh, front three. I mean, maybe there was better chemistry like that with that Ronaldo. Maybe they could have been better or, or you think it would have been, you know, the same. No, I think, I think they could have, they might've been better. I mean, I'm sure he, I'm sure he has an effect on everybody mm. negative or positive, but, but I think the, there has to be a way to, to get the players to be more motivated to win their position. And, yeah. and as I, you know, I, I, you know, I, I guess I keep circling on this point, but I feel like the amount of money that they make mm. gets them to be complacent and not really like, all right, you know, I already made it this far. I'm making so much money. Like if they don't want to play me, they don't want to play me. But if maybe if they weren't getting paid such large sums of money, they would be like, Hey, like I need, still need to make a name for myself. I need to get up there. You know? Yeah. It's like Ronaldo is Ronaldo, but you know, he's still like, what is he like 37, 38 years old? Why are you like an early 20 guy? Just like, being so complacent to not yeah not that's play. a good point but i mean like, maybe maybe it's also management and we don't know that management mm. is just like hey we we don't we're not even going to bother arguing with ronaldo we're just going to play him yeah so money's a problem <laughs> that's, that's amazing money yeah, yeah to me to me that's that's united's root problem is money they're oh, 100%, throwing money at too many problems they're giving people way too much money because they're too desperate to sign yeah everybody and uh I think to me that's their problem because the rosters are there. They've had great coaches. You know, I can't really pinpoint anything else, you know? Yeah, no, I think that's a good point. Maybe they just, that club has too much money. They, I think that's the issue. They just have too much money. All they understand is to spend it without actually properly using it, you know? Yeah. Like on the other side of the spectrum, like Liverpool kind of does the opposite where they money ball. And then now their problem is that once this generation of Liverpool players peak, it's going to peak hard. Like there's yeah. no, rep- they have no replacement for Mane, no replacement for Salah. And I'm like, yo, if you don't find a replacement for these guys, we're screwed. No replacement for Van Dyke. I'm like, eh, this is troubling, man. It's a, uh- yeah, definitely. I, yeah. I, don't, I don't even think that, um, com- I don't think Liverpool has even dropped that much money in comparison nah. to their competitors. And I think to give them, you know, give them props. I think they've bought players that have become famous at Liverpool. Yes. Versus United is trying to buy players that are already very famous. Mm, and that's a very good bringing point. Them, bringing them in for attention and hoping that they get the results. But, um, you know, obviously, obviously we, people, we were aware of Salah before Liverpool. Yeah. But most people probably didn't take him serious as, you know, obviously he didn't have a long spell at Chelsea. He didn't have a long spell. I think it was at Roma. Yeah. And then Liverpool really like took him serious and he, they made him a worldwide name. Same thing with, with, with Sané at Southampton mm-hmm. and Dyke at Southampton. Like, yeah, you know, they bought guys that, you know, were still up and coming. You know, they weren't superstars and they became superstars versus United is bringing in people that were already superstars. Sancho, Pogba. Yeah. You know, like these guys were already super well known. Yeah, that's a good point. It's like, it's two different philosophies at the end of the day, right? So one just wants to, one make stars and one gets the stars you know what i mean so, yeah yeah right now right now that's what it seems like yeah and then you got city who kind of does both in a weird way like they they buy the stars and then they also make them yeah yeah i don't know what it is that city city's doing right that because it seems like yeah they buy a lot of people but you don't ever hear too much like 
team drama or mm. you know anti you know the the players against the coach you know you don't really hear too much of that yeah that's true i mean like was that Ferran Torres that Barcelona approached him and he was like Guardiola is like if you want to go go like I don't if you don't want to be part of this team like I'm not going to stop you I just want guys that are going to you know ride with the team and I'm like that's, yeah. a, that's amazing I love hearing that it's like yo I, I, I also think you know Guardiola probably felt pretty bad for Barcelona and he was like oh, <laughs> we got so much like you guys just take this guy it's charity for him is like yo take him yeah take him. he was probably giving them a little charity <laughs> and then Philip Coutinho and that guy was on the team for like one year not like even that, yeah like that's kind of unheard of for a guy to be bought back because he was bought for a good sum of money I don't know how much but I know it wasn't cheap yeah that's how much money City has you're like okay well whatever he funds a dip go we'll just we'll still make more money back I'm like yo this is it's crazy it's it's really a crazy way of, uh, of business and then Coutinho's at Aston Villa and they scored his goal against uh, Manchester United which I'm like I think someone put it sad. It was like Coutinho played 20 or 30 minutes and scored a goal. And Jaden Sancho played like 20 games and still has and scored one goal. And I'm like, oh, that's that's a yeah. harsh stat. That's a harsh one. Yeah. I feel for Coutinho, man. I don't know what it is that we don't know about him that's mm. causing nobody to let him play. Yo, for, like for real, like he went to Bayern Munich on loan and he was pretty good there. And yeah. then goes back to Barcelona. They don't play him well from what i gather like they don't put him in the right position or they play him in like weird positions that don't work for him i mean i don't follow barcelona like that but yeah i can't think of their looking at the roster i can't think of why wouldn't you want coutinho he's so good like he's a really talented it's player not like you have a play too many players that you could say are better than him yeah that's weird i feel i think I don't, I don't, I don't understand Barcelona. The only thing I understand is that they're broke now and that's kind of on them and that's their problem. I mean, you pay yeah. song just to sit on the bench. So you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, yeah. So I don't know. And then, um, but wait, but let's, uh, let's, let's go to you. So like you played soccer in New York, New York city, right? You're from New York. Yeah. Uh, what part of New York? Uh, I live in Brooklyn. I live, um, I live by Coney Island by the beach. Oh, okay. So like deep into Brooklyn, like not yeah, like, exactly. Not like not like Williamsburg. Everyone thinks of Williamsburg when they think of Brooklyn. Yeah, man. I live I live towards the end of Brooklyn. Oh, okay. So like I guess yeah. the the undiscovered part, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, I don't know. I, I just uh, I've been to New York City a handful of times. I love the city. It, there's, there's an energy there and there's like a culture there that's undeniably New York, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. That the movies don't really do justice. Like it's kind of a place you gotta go. And um, but what's the soccer scene like there? I think there's soccer everywhere, man. Um, I think the only struggle right now is, I mean, maybe as an adult, or is just to find places to to find more pickup soccer that you know that's free. I think there's there's like soccer has become a huge business. Is I guess what I want to say. Okay. So, um, growing up, there was only a handful of you know soccer clubs for kids, mm. and you know everybody knew who the clubs were. Nowadays, it's like any ex-player out of college wants to just start his own club and whether he's a good coach or not, you know, just wants to start collecting money from kids and parents and make a club, you know, huh? because it's like a business. Pick up soccer, the same thing, you know, you know, it's kind of more of a, at least in, in my, in Latino culture, it's more of like a traditional thing. You know, you just meet up with your friends after right. work or after school and you just you know play you know but now it's just become where it's like 
oh yeah, I'm going to start a pickup group, but if you want to play, you got to pay me $10 because I'm bringing, uh, because I'm bringing puck goals on the ball. So you have to pay me $10. I feel like everywhere you look is just more and more business schemes with the sport. That but, sucks. But you can find, you'll find soccer everywhere. It just depends if you're willing to pay or not. Yeah. Uh, that's too bad. Cause like in Montreal, it's, um, It's definitely not that. It's uh, it's it's as you say with Latino culture, where you and your friends are like, okay, school ends at three. Meet us, meet us at the park at four. We're gonna play, and then we have the field from like four to six until the real clubs come and take the fields and you know have their games. Yeah. And um, and I remember growing up playing pickup. I never had to pay for anything. I would hit two, three different fields in a full Saturday, just like okay, at ten o'clock, ten a.m. I show up there. We'll have lunch. And then at two, we'll go to another field. And then like at six, we'll go to another field and then we go home and not paying a dime. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. So it's it's too bad because that's how this, the game grows, right? So it's too bad it's like that. Yeah. Yeah. I definitely think, I mean, I definitely think that the sport is, it's all over the city, mm. but you know, it just depends on how you want to access it, whether you're, you're willing to pay as an adult for just pick up soccer or to join some, some league, or if, if, you know, if you're a kid and you want to get like good, good coaches and good teachings, then I guess maybe you don't have any alternatives at the moment. You know, I still think it's, we have a long way to go. Do you, I heard this argument uh, from a friend. He says that, or he thinks that kids from the suburbs make better soccer players from kids in the city because of that space and the money where it's harder and there's no accessibility within the city. The kids in the suburbs is just easier. They might be middle-class or higher. So, you know, their parents can afford them to go play soccer and whatever every, to join a club. So do you feel like that's the same case in New York city? Kind of, you could, you could say something like that. I guess, um, I think it would be back to a, uh, probably to the financial aspect of it. You know, kids that live in the suburbs, they're coming from, probably at least middle-class families, right? Because if you live in the suburbs, you own a house, Mm. right? And yeah, there's probably more space. There's actual soccer fields, like like in Long Island, right? Yeah. Island is, it's not in New York City. It's Mm. not a borough. It's right outside of the boroughs. But as a kid, we would always go over there and every club in all their towns always had like a nice little grass field for them to, that's Mm. there, you know? Yeah. Versus us in the city, we're all like fighting for space, trying to find a decent field. And then if you find the one, other clubs want to use it. And then I think the other factor could be that at least here is kids in the city have a lot more distractions. Ah. Is in the suburbs, there's a lot less to do. Yeah. Maybe, maybe that's why Jaden Sancho isn't doing so well United. Cause I heard Dortmund, there's not much to do, but United, he's like, at Manchester, he's like a star. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, he's back home, right? That's and, it. That's yeah. It. Yeah. Cause other, and the other thing to add to that, I would say it's like, even at the high school level, or junior high school levels, you know, schools in the suburbs probably have athletic complexes mm. nearby or on, or on the campus. True. In New York city, almost no high school has a field in their backyard. You know, kids have to leave high school. I mean, like after school and then go and commute to wherever the high school was able to find a field for them to play. Oh, that makes versus, sense. In, versus in the suburbs, it's like you leave the building and the field is right in the backyard. Yeah. Yeah. So it's space. It's space and money, essentially, at the end of the day, like accessibility and all that. Um, Because I played, honestly, I played soccer once in New York City when I went to go visit 
and I had a friend who was also a Manchester United fan. He was there for internship. Mm-hmm. So I wanted to go visit him. And he was like, there's a pickup game at the, what's that field called in Brooklyn where it's like across the river from like Manhattan. And it's like yeah. a really, uh, what's Pier something? I forget what's it called. Yeah, yeah, it's Pier 5. Uh, Pier, yeah. And uh, we went to go play there. He was like, he just found some group online. He was like, you just got to pay 10 bucks and play. Yeah. And, I'm, and I remember going and playing. I remember being like, I remember being a lot of fun. I remember just being a lot of fun. And uh, especially that field, I'm like, dude, this is like picture perfect. It's so nice. It's like the city's right there. And then you're on the field, you're on the water. Yeah, it's, uh, I like that. I like that to me, that captures the New York vibe where you, you, make, uh, you make stuff happen. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. It's probably, probably the best field in the city. If not, it's at least top three. Oh yeah. So... What's the best fields then, in your opinion? Like, okay, if that, let's say that one's. I mean, I mean, we're we're rating. I mean, I'm rating fields based on location and you know appearance. Oh, okay. So, so that field, obviously, you know, you're you're in Canada and and you know you came to New York on a trip and that's the field they took you to, right? Because it's, it's becoming like an iconic field here in New York because of the skyline right there. You're pulled. for any tourists coming to New York, it's like that. Like soccer, it's like oh my god, there's a soccer field mm. and. Um, freedom tower right there it's the whole manhattan skyline like you know it's picture perfect it's a uh, it is it's super nice and, and i mean and to add to that you know it has three full-size fields that are yeah. all in great turf you know there's netting everywhere you got to be a very bad shot to rocket the ball <laughs> into the water um and then they even split the fields in half sometimes to have maybe bunch of seven on sevens going on so it's a mm. soccer hotspot that, that field and i think probably the next one after that could be pier 40 which is in um in manhattan mm-hmm. and that one has has a big like courtyard space okay like i want to say maybe like six full-size fields something like that six hey it's huge and then they have a rooftop field but you know rooftop is only like a third floor rooftop okay but it's the roof of that that complex and from that that, from that single field you see the freedom tower like right on top of you oh man it's like the freedom tower is in in the next neighborhood so this field is probably like on the west side of manhattan maybe closest to the village and then the freedom tower is on the west side of manhattan in tribeca so they're pretty close to each other. So that also has like a very nice view. That's all. Okay. That's really cool. That's awesome. So wait, wait, what position do you play? Now when I play, I, I typically play like in, in the defense or mm. like on the wing. But um, growing up, I was way more of an attackive winger or like maybe center mid or yeah. somewhere around there. It's funny because I feel like that's slowly happening to everyone who played like an attacking winger or something. It's like at some point, your body kind of ages out. You're like, you know, I could take it, take it, just slow it down a little bit, go to yeah. defense. Yeah. At this point, I'm like, I just want to play, man. Whatever yeah. it is, like the young guys, they can take the glory and play forward and score all the goals. But as long as I'm getting my touches in and getting my run, I'm happy. Like, I don't, yeah. need, to, I don't need to score the winner. I just, I just want to be a part of the team. Uh, yeah. Okay. I'm on the same vibe. Like, is there, is there a New York style of soccer? Like, is there like a, particular style how it is played in new york because I, I to me in my mind is that there's so many different cultures bringing their styles of play there's got to be like a mix that's happening at some point right like do you, is there something like that happening i don't 
I don't think so. I think there's so many cultures. Mm-hmm. Like you said, there's so many people coming here from everywhere that, that everybody just mixes. You know, you can find you can find people of all different styles. Mm. You know, everything everything just mixes. I can't yeah. I, I can't really say that it would be one because obviously you meet you meet people from like a lot. Of, there's a lot of African immigrants and a lot right. of these guys come in with a lot of great footwork and. Mm you know, fast pace. And then, you know, there's a lot of, you know, people come in from everywhere from South America who, you know, are also very skillful on the ball. So, you know, it's, there's no way to really pinpoint it in my opinion. Yeah, that's fair. Cause like, but I mean, to me, that's fun. Cause it's kind of like a mini world cup when you see that happening. I think, I guess maybe the good part of it is that because it's such a, a melting pot of people, mm-hmm. That maybe the people that are, I guess, American, you know, they get to to witness people coming in from other countries mm. and showing them things that they might have never seen because it's not part of, you know, American culture. Right, right. If you think of, if you want to think of like traditional or just, I guess, maybe stereotypical MLS, you're not going to say that the players are like flashy or anything like that, you know? Yeah. You're going to think that they're more of like physical runners that are just like good athletes. Yeah. And, and then if you think of like maybe a South American players or something, you think they're more of like showboaty and just very good dribblers and things like that. You know, mm. thinking about like Brazilian guys and stuff like that. That's that's a good point. I remember, um, I actually remember watching a game in, my, in the league I was playing in the summer. There was a Ukrainian team that everyone in the league just immediately respects because I think half that team played semi-pro in the Ukraine. I I think the Ukrainian they could be Russian. I I, I don't know. Well, I'm being honest, but I, I assume they're Ukrainian because uh, I think one of them had like on his jersey something with a Ukrainian name. Anyway, so or they could be Polish. I, I don't know, but I'm assuming they're Ukrainian. And they they played against this Vietnamese team, and the Ukrainian guys are like six foot two, you know big, you know, big build. The Vietnamese guys were like yeah. five, eight, five, ten, skinny and slender. And I was like, how is this going to play out? I was like, I got to watch this game. Right. I'm yeah. just on the physical. I was like polar opposites and the game ended two, one, the Ukrainians won, but they, they had to hustle for that win. And I was yeah. so, this is, this is what I'm talking about. Like, this is what I loved. I was like the, the, the Ukrainian guys just one touch pass. They use their strength. They use their speed, but the Vietnamese guys, it was like mind game. They're like, we know you're bigger than us, but we'll find a way. And they did. They were like, we don't mind if you're on top of us. We can handle that. We'll get into the tight spaces, make those uh, killer passes, and boom. And that's what happened. I was like, yo, this. I was. I was looking at my friends like, you guys should be watching this game. This is. This is a world. This is a World Cup game happening happening right now. This is fun. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I've definitely seen a lot of um, of games like that here. A lot of different teams, you know, with very strong cultures to their background playing other teams from other cultures and, and you can see those kinds of differences and it's always a, a good a good game to watch yeah like it's yeah, i mean here in brooklyn a lot of um men's leagues you often see like teams with like latino culture teams playing mm. like caribbean culture teams mm. and, you know like there's a lot of caribbeans here in brooklyn and there are a lot of ballers so it's always it's always it's cool fun. to see like the cultures play against each other. Yeah, that, that's what I'm saying. It's like it's fun to watch because like uh, I remember playing for my local club here, and we were kind of pretty multicultural, and but I, I would say the majority of the team or one third of the team is Italian. So there's like a really strong our coach is Italian. So there's a very strong Italian influence the way we played, 
and we played against an, uh, another borough uh, that's like neighboring, neighboring us. And most of those guys were Greek and they just had a different style of playing. I remember just in the game of like, man, we play so different. Like, this is so weird. I was like, we play so different. Yeah. But, uh, but like you said, it's like, it's those small things that you're like living in a big city. You appreciate that. are like, oh, everyone's got their own way of doing things, you know? Yeah, definitely. But yeah, it makes you, it just makes you think about like the pros, you know, how we were talking about like these big teams are bringing in all these guys from just small cultures that are, could be totally different from each other. And, and they have to find mm. a way to just mesh. Yeah. That's a good, like, that's, that's such a good point. Like, uh, if you think about, okay, I'm going to use Liverpool as an example, cause that's the team I know the best, but everyone's from somewhere else. It's like, you got an Egyptian guy, a Senegal, uh, Ways you see, I saw Senegal. Yeah, a Senegalese guy. And then you have a like a Portuguese player, front three, and then they just gotta figure it out, but they all come from different, way different countries, you know? Yeah. I always I find that really impressive. It's like, I don't know how you guys make it work. And what language are you speaking? Well, obviously English, but yeah. like, you know what I mean? Yeah, the language barriers are always in my head. I'm like, damn, I wonder how I wonder how these guys are talking to each other. Like, yeah, for real. And, that, and that's funny because it's like that's what they keep saying about United right now, about how Ronaldo's favoriting the Portuguese speaking guys and mm. they're clicking. Mm. That's a, that's a problem. Don't you think like that's a, yeah, bit of a... yeah, yeah. It's definitely a problem, but it's just like, it's just, it's just funny to think of, you know, all these people coming from different backgrounds and it's like, all yeah. right, we have to find a common ground. <clears throat> and uh, do you, in New York city, is it, is there a lot of Manchester United fans? Like what's the most popular Premier League club in the, in the city? I think I would say, hmm. I think growing up, there was a lot of United fans because yeah. of the golden uh, era. Yeah. As well as um, there was also a lot of Arsenal fans. Yeah. Um, I think nowadays, as I meet a lot of younger generations, I see that there's a lot of city fans. Hmm. Um, there's a lot of, new liverpool fans yeah um and i think i think a lot of the united fans are we're kind of like hiding right now <laughs> and then uh i think there's you're always gonna find arsenal fans and oh, they're, so the, they're the most funniest to me because it's like <laughs> like why are you, like they always it's like this team has been like not good for so long <laughs> fans are like so proud of one of like one two <laughs> Uh, it, it's objectively speaking you're right it's like you, you're so proud but like you won once and and they're always like it's invincible it's invincible i'm like yeah that's that's super impressive but like shouldn't you have yeah, one they, more they, I, they have a very cult following i guess yeah that's, that's, that's respectable in its own way yeah but, um but yeah if i would say if there were main teams to have followers in new york i would say yeah arsenal city liverpool and united yeah that makes sense you know what's funny? Well, okay, that same trip when I was in New York City, uh, we went to the Nike store, not too far from, uh, not too far from Central Park, like maybe like two blocks away. I don't know what part of the city it was. I mean, definitely Manhattan. Yeah, 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 I know where it is. Yeah, it was like just like four or five floors. It's, it's so amazing. Yeah, it actually doesn't exist anymore. <laughs> what? What happened? Um, I don't, I don't know. I don't know the details, but it, it's not there anymore. They oh no, a, they have another store in in Soho now. But okay. they don't really have much soccer uh, categories. That sucks because like I went there and it was like you know it was really nice. And then I'm seeing all these people wearing Tottenham jerseys, and I'm like, why? Why do you like 
three, four, five, ten people wearing tandem jerseys and Nike. So I went to the guy working there. I'm like, what's happening? Like, this is this is not normal, you know? I was like, why are there so many people wearing these jerseys, like tandem jerseys? He's like, okay, I'm not supposed to tell you this, but the tandem New York City fan club have a spell, have like a meet and greet with the players from the team. And I'm like, tandem hotspurs, like they're coming in. He's like, yeah, yeah, it's like chill for now. They should be here in like one hour. So just chill around the store. I'll let you stay. I'm like, all right, cool. I was like, bet we're, we're chilling for an hour. Uh-huh. And then I saw them walk in and they were just walking in, taking pictures, but they were like, the meet and greet is only for the fans. Like you can't go. <laughs> but then I was watching, I'm like, the first thing that caught my attention was, yo, these, these guys are tall. These guys are so tall. Yeah. And, uh, and uh, there was, I saw Christian Erickson, Hugo Loris, um, Ad the Verald, Vertongen, who else was there? Deli Ali and Harry Kane. And I was like, yo, you guys are like tall. I was like, I was so surprised how tall they were. And Christian Erickson, and Christian Erickson was the shortest one at like 5'10. And I'm like, what? <laughs> yo, this is you guys are huge. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, it was uh, but it was cool because like it was uh, it was in that moment I realized that if there is this many Tottenham fans in New York City, I can only imagine how many, I don't know, Atletico Madrid fans are there in the city. Maybe there's not a lot, but there's probably a legit amount. I think, yeah, I think every, every major club probably has a supporters group in the city somewhere. You just have to, I guess, Google enough and you yeah. can find their, their click. Cause I remember, um, when I was in college and there was like the biggest, that's during when, uh, the classical was like becoming crazy, you know, yeah. Ronaldo and Messi were like scoring 60 goals a season. Yeah. Um, yeah, I've had found out about a bar in the city where, yeah, all like Madrid fan club would meet there and watch mm-hmm. the game there. And it'd be like people of all ages. And that was like their spot. Like I, I had always, you know, just gone to the games to see the games with my friends that are Madrid fans. But it was cool to see that there's like an actual like New York Madridista fan club. And they all like gather at this bar. That's wild. It's uh, I remember this one time I was at a, this is like not too long. This is like a year before the pandemic. We were at a, I was at a bar with a friend and I forget what match we were watching. We were watching a Madrid game. I forget which one. We were just like, oh, this is a big game. We'll go watch. I think it was Champions League. We we're like, all right, we'll, we'll go catch this game. And uh, we watched and then there was like a bunch of uh, uh, Madridistas there and they're just hanging out. And then one guy had this notepad and he was walking around. I was like, hey, are you guys Madrid fans? So I'm like, yeah, 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 we are. And then he was like, uh, we're actually, I'm forming a Real Madrid Montreal fan club. And I'm like, there isn't one already. He's like, nah, this is, this is it. I'm like, wait, how does the biggest club in the world, one of the biggest club not have a fan base here? Like, this doesn't make sense. I'm like, all right, I sign up. Uh, yeah. I, I didn't give, I gave like a fake email. And, um, yeah. cause I was like, I, I don't know this, this not, it's not sketch. I was like, I don't want to get involved. But my friend gave his number Yeah, and he joined the WhatsApp group and he was like, these, these people don't know shit. I'm like, what do you mean? He's like, they're saying the <laughs> dumbest things. He was like. He, he was saying like uh, they were they were shitting on Benzema and he was like how can you what I was like no already a red flag and I was like oh, yeah. okay it's like good thing I didn't join but uh. <laughs> yeah yeah I think I think with the population of people here yeah you're gonna find people of all types of soccer knowledge and I guess you have to just find the people that are more on on your level mm. because yeah I've met a lot of a lot of um soccer fans and I'm just like. No, nah. like, man, we just don't, we're just not watching the game the same. <laughs> like, we might be supporting the same team or the same league, but yeah, we're just not seeing this the same. I, so I, I feel like in me, me personally, I guess what I've kind of 
started started doing is just like I chat soccer with people who I know can play. Mm, that's that. I think because, that's a good one. Then I feel like we're more on the same page. Yeah, because obviously everybody has an opinion about everything, but not every sports fan can play whatever sport they're following. So yeah. it's very easy for you to bash whatever player it is for whatever sport. It when you can't do it, so you don't know what it's like to mm. try to do what they're doing. That's that's so true. Because like I remember having this uh, two instances. I remember one of my teammates. It was the, during the World Cup, and then Luka Modric won like Player of the Year or something like that. And um, he was upset, and he was like, "I don't understand. He's not even that good. He doesn't do skills. He doesn't score goals." I'm like excuse me what i'm like what are you saying and then this other i remember another guy said like i don't think luka modric is that good i'm like listen he's not the greatest player but he's definitely a very high level definitely the greatest croatian player that's ever lived uh hands down and yeah um, and i remember just having a conversation with that guy i'm like all right that's a, a red flag okay this is this, these are limits of the conversation i have with you and then when it's someone who what annoys me the most is someone who does play but they suck and i'm just like you know what I mean? Yeah. It's like, I don't want to be yeah. mean, but I'm like, oh, you know, bro, like, but you don't understand. Yeah, I'm kind of at the point where it's like, I just got to carry a ball with me. And I'm like, all right, let me see you do 10 juggles before we can talk soccer. <laughs> yeah. All I want to see is 10, 10 juggles. And that's it. But yeah, that's, oh, that's hilarious. But do you, how, how would you rate the soccer level in New York City? If, if there's, if there is a way to rate it. Um, I mean, to be honest, I, I mean, rating, what are we, what would we be comparing it? To? Yeah. That's why it's a, yeah, that's why it's you a know, question. I mean, I mean, what can I tell you from, from what I've experienced, New York soccer, you know, there's a lot of great players, hmm. but in my youth, when I would play teams from places like California, Texas, Florida would always be way better. Huh. Interesting. You know, and. And I mean, we've always chalked it up to just, you know, these teams can play all year round. You know, they live in hot climate. Uh, Us in New York, there's still people playing outside right now, but it's, it's fucking freezing. Yeah. You're not not really playing the same kind of thing. You know, you kind of have it being cold on the back of your mind, you know, on on Saturday, I think it was, it was definitely below freezing. And I went, had to go take pictures of some youth team that was playing. And I'm like, man, I chalked it up to them. They were all like in high school or something out playing practice Saturday morning. I'm like, man, good for you. It, it can't be easy, but you know, historically from what I remember, there's teams in other States that are typically better than in New, than New York. That makes sense. Cause like all the best players in MLS seem to come out of uh, California or Texas, right? Like, uh, was it Dallas has like one of the best youth academies in the country. So yeah, yeah it makes sense. I mean, taught all year round, they have all that space, all that time, but that makes sense. And, um, oh yeah. Okay. You mentioned pictures. Uh, for other photographers, because I know I have a lot of friends who are photographers. Is New York City like the greatest city to take pictures? Because like my Instagram is just full of like New York City pictures. So like, you know what I mean? Um, Man, I think, I think you could probably say, yeah. I mean, I've been here my whole life. Right. So I probably take it extremely for granted. Mm. You know, I'm fucking New Yorker for my whole life. Yeah. So it's like, I don't even, I can't even say I go out that much anymore. You know, I'm not <laughs> visiting all like the tourist attractions or yeah. museums and things like that that are always popping up. And there's a lot of people that, you know, come to visit and they take way more advantage of the city than I do. 
Mm. And that's probably why there's so much photography because there's, if you want to do, obviously there's crazy architectural stuff that you could do, you know, cityscapes, whole lot of street photography. There's people that come and just stand in Soho or stand in Times Square and take photos of people walking around with cool outfits, you mm. know, like, like that's a thing now or the whole sneaker culture, you know, like, I guess there's just a lot of topics that you can touch on here with photography that maybe other states don't have. That's true. That's a fair point. Cause like, I'm not a photographer, but every time I walk around when I was there, when I walk around the city, I'm like, that could be a picture. This could be a picture. That could be a picture. This will look nice. You know, it's a, it's a photo, uh, what's a photogenic, photogenetic city rather. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, if you look at there's, you know, if you often go to a department store, right, that sells like generic photos that are already framed, mm-hmm. there's pretty often you're going to find something of New York, right? You're going to see just like yeah. a picture of a fucking taxi going in motion, you know, and like, <laughs> yeah, that's New York, <laughs> you know, right? <laughs> and it's me, I'm like, man, I can take that fucking picture. Like, why aren't they selling that? Yeah, for real. You know, know. But it, and the thing is, just like, yeah, there's, it's just an iconic city in itself, and there's, so many topics to be touched on if you are a photographer you know Mm. okay i got a few more questions and then we'll wrap it up but like uh what out of new york red bulls and nycfc i mean nycfc just won the mls cup but like who which clubs are the most popular in the city man i would honestly say that they're pretty even oh okay i think if anything I think if anything, New York City FC might be on top right now, obviously riding the championship. Uh-huh. Um, but during the, I guess New York City FC has been around maybe seven years now. Yeah, young. Years. So initially, I think Red Bulls probably had a stronger following, but them being located in New Jersey kind of mm. has had a negative effect on them. So I slowly started seeing their fan base get less and less. Oh, but at the same time, I feel like the New York rivalry just kind of like also started dying out. I feel like it's, it's very fabricated Hmm. by the media. Yeah. It's not really like the fans. It's not like LAFC and LA galaxy where the fans are very serious about it. Yeah. Like here it's the fans aren't that serious about it. Like they, they support their team, you know, they go show up for their team, but, it's not that that crazy. And um, I think in the past couple of years, NYCFC has yet to show us a stadium. And they've been playing games at Red Bull Arena, which to me is makes no sense. <laughs> yeah. How do you start a rivalry and then you go ask your direct rivals to use their stadium. Oh, man. And it's so, like... So that to me is just like mind-blowing and uh yeah i feel like i feel like both teams have lost a lot of attendance yeah i think uh new york city fc not having a stadium and playing games in yankee stadium they can never it never really looks i guess yeah i know you mean it's not really a photogenic scene because the stadium always looks so empty yeah and also it's like it's Yankee stadium. You're playing soccer in the most iconic baseball stadiums in the world. You know what I mean? Like it's kind of, it's kind of weird. You know what I mean? It's like, it's like playing, it's like playing at the NFL games at Wembley stadium. It's like, eh, it's a little weird. Yeah. I mean, it might look cool, but it's going to be weird. Um, so yeah, it sounds like both the problem with both uh, uh, clubs is stadium. (laughs) That's, that's a problem. 
yeah, I guess I guess Red Bull's location of the stadium, yeah, being outside of New York and uh, NYCFC just not having a stadium. But um, I think both teams are are pretty even in in fan bases right now. But okay. um, but I guess obviously I think NYCFC is is playing better ball at the moment. Yeah, I, I watched that final. They were way better. Castellanos might be. I heard he might be going to West Ham. That was a rumor for a minute, and I was like. It's a pretty good move if that's a if that's a real thing. Oh yeah, I thought I had heard uh, some Brazilian teams chasing him, oh, but, um, but yeah, that that final game, that first half, was mm. probably one of the best first halves I've ever seen. Oh, them so much fun! It was so that was I a really was like, good. I was like, these guys are really balling. Yeah, that was happy about that. That was impressive. I but um, but yeah, I don't think I don't think either one of the teams has that much of a stronghold on the city that's too bad that's too bad there's so much potential there and um uh are, are, is the nycfc gonna have a stadium in new york city like is i heard there was plans but it keeps falling through dude, and dude is that's that's well i mean that's my personal frustration with it in 2015 when they came on the scene i was a season ticket holder i oh. was like i was like ready for this because you know they they joined the league and they were like yeah, in three years, we're going to give you a stadium. Yeah. Three years became four years. Four years became five. <laughs> and now it's not even a topic to be discussed. Oh, man. It has just fully got pushed under the carpet. And now we are sharing stadiums with the Red Bulls. Oh, and if weird. we're not playing at Red Bulls, I think they played some games at Connecticut. Like, it's just crazy. Ugh, that's that sucks. That really sucks. Like they deserve a team. If anything, they should start building on the Hudson. Like, just just use it. Do it, bro. Like I think we all know that they got money. Mm. Yeah, we know who's there, who who's backing them. You know, like I don't know what the holdup is, but all I can tell you is that it it is not even a topic of discussion anymore. Oh, that's sad. That's really sad. Um, well, I hope they get a stadium. That's that's for sure. I, I think I think if they ever get a stadium within the five boroughs, they will uh, take a stronghold over the city. But, yeah, but if they don't, everybody's just going to continue with their reservations. But even even what if they build a stadium in Staten Island? Will people actually go out to Staten Island to watch the games? Probably not because too, it's still fast. Can't, you can't get there in train. Uh, yeah, you got to take a ferry, huh? No, nah, you have to take the car. There is, actually, there is a ferry, but, but, um, yeah, but, but um, you know, it's not like the stadium is going to be where the ferry lands. Yeah, that's fair. You know, and uh, Staten Island, uh, it is a borough, but it probably has the weakest transportation system of, of, the, of the rest. Yeah, that makes sense. And then the other way to get to Staten Island is to cross the Verrazano Bridge. Mm. The Verrazano Bridge has a $16 toll. Oh my God. Okay. Yeah. 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 That's, that's brutal. Um, and also, okay. As a New Yorker, I have to ask this cause I'm kind of a foodie. What is it for you, your best go-to type of food in the city? Shit, man. I love, well, besides Colombian food, right. I love Puerto Rican food, mm. um, Dominican food, Mexican food. But I think if I, if I had to think of a, of a, my frequent spots, I would say if you want if you want Mexican food, there's a bomb taco truck in Brooklyn mm-hmm. in Sunset Park, which is a super Latino neighborhood. It's called Tacos El Bronco. It's off 36th Street and Fifth Ave in Brooklyn. 
And then one of my favorite Puerto Rican restaurants is called Casa de Abuela. I mean, the Adela, Casa de Adela. And that is uh, in lower Manhattan. I think it's in, um, I think it's in Alphabet City, like right next to the lower east side. Okay. And uh, they, that spot is like OG, OG to the neighborhood. It's very mom and pop. I love that. Food is always bomb, but they literally only have space for like 10 people at, at a time. <laughs> like, but they're super local. Like everybody in the neighborhood loves them. I love that. Uh, yeah, I love that. I know nothing of Puerto Rican food. So for me, that's exciting. Uh, so yeah, that's definitely a must. And the last question before I let you go, besides going to Manchester United game, what game or derby or whatever that you would definitely would want to go watch? Um, I would love to go see El Clásico. Yeah. Right? But at the Bernabeu. Oh, yeah. Um, and then I am patiently waiting for the World Cup in <laughs> four years. Yeah. And I will try to make as many World Cup games as I can. Oh, that's so true. It's soon. Here, here in America. I've never, I've never been to any World Cup games. Right. I was too young for the 94. Mm. So in 2026, I hope to catch as many games as I can, whether it's as a photographer or as a fan. Yeah. But uh, I'm fucking saving up my pennies, man, because that year I'm going to fucking take off as much time as I need to catch as many games as possible. I'm I'm the same way. I'm the same way. I'm waiting for the World Cup because I know Canada, USA, uh, then uh, Mexico are joint hosts. Mm-hmm. Uh, Montreal uh, withdrew to be a host city, which pissed off all the soccer fans here. Oh, damn. I didn't know that. But from an economic perspective, it kind of made sense. Like the way they explained it or what it was told to us. I'm like, oh, okay. Well, yeah. We respect it. I mean, it's dumb because Olympic Stadium is the biggest stadium in the country. So, what do you, what do you mean? Like they couldn't fund it or? Because they were going to use the Olympic Stadium, which is 60,000 people. But then that means that you have to renovate the stadium. Mm-hmm. And that stadium was built by the mob, like yeah. <laughs> straight up was built by the mob and yeah. in the seventies. And, uh, there's just way too much work. There's way too much money to put into renovating yeah. the stadium. And yeah. we're going to only have like two, three games. And it's like, it doesn't financially work. Yeah. Yeah. But as a fan, that upsets me, but it's in Toronto, most of the games. And that's, you know, six hours away. Everyone's used to going to Toronto. So I'm like, yeah, I'm still happy. Okay. Yeah. 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 If not, then like, yeah, I can't wait. I'm with you on that. I can't wait. And, uh, for me, one of my bucket list is super classical between Boca Juniors and uh, and uh, River Plate in Argentina. Yeah, definitely, definitely. It kind of the ideas. I would, I would love to visit uh, either one of those stadiums. I see just like the neighborhoods look yeah. so, so street, but so colorful and like just decorated with with soccer. That's it. It's like. Uh, anyway, like the, the idea scares me because I know the fans are crazy, but like, I still want to go. Like, I really want to go. Yeah. 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 I always, you know, you always hear sketchy stories about, about a lot of fan bases, mm-hmm. but I'm just like, I just, I never try to focus on that. Cause I'm like, man, hopefully at the end of the day, we're all just soccer fans. Yeah. And, you know, if I'm not directly against you, like hopefully you won't even pay attention to me and just like enjoy the environment. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm with you. I'm with you on that. <laughs> yeah, I'm totally with you on that. Uh, yeah, that's 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 my hope. Cause yeah, I would lo- I would love to catch one of those games as well. That would be amazing. Yeah, it would be. But anyway, man, Seba, thanks for coming through. I really appreciate you uh, reaching out. And um, 
and yeah, coming on. I mean, we've been we've been DMing a lot, so I'm glad we finally got this to to happen. So yeah, man, thanks for coming on. Is there anything you want to share last minute or whatever? Nah, man, I appreciate appreciate you having me. Been looking forward to chatting with you. I told you I, I read your piece in in Darby Bag. Thank you so much. So, shout out to uh, the homies Shuttersworth and AK. Yes, doing great pieces of work over there. And dude, your your story was awesome, man. Just thank you so much. Uh, how how you you grew up in Montreal and your journey from being a like a beginning soccer fan to you know taking it more serious and yeah and as you grew up and you know just fucking just the story behind the name Soccer Pilgrim I really thank you that that was dope thank you so much I appreciate that that just made me I was like yo I gotta reach out to this guy like I really I really like I really liked your story man awesome uh, well Dari Magazine I know future plans is to post more stories online and make it a more of a digital space. Mm-hmm. So once you move to that, and if I ever come to New York and explore the soccer culture in New York, you know, I'm writing a piece, you're going to be featured on it. I'm going to have you take all the pictures for that. <laughs> if it happens, it, it, I'm going to try to make that happen. But again, right, thanks for coming through. I really appreciate this. And uh, terrible listening. Thank you for being an audience from Montreal. This is soccer pilgrim. Thank you. Mm-hmm.